Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we play the song of time to heroically save ourselves from the follies of our youth. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going pretty well. I, uh, My husband and I, we purchased an outdoor grill Ooh. a few weeks ago. And now I was just off mic asking about your fire starting ability yes. uh, abilities. And you said, no, you cannot start a fire. <laughs> That's right. Like in a campfire situation. Absolutely not. I would, I would die and starve. Right. Uh, but this, I assume this grill is not like a charcoal briquette. Not at all. Okay. <laughs> no, no. This is a light them up, you know, crank up the gas, hit the fuse. Right. Also important note. Yeah. I my my husband is the one who's been doing the grilling because he's very good at it. Mm-hmm. And um and so I I haven't I haven't had to try. <laughs> oh, so you think that it's possible that like you could be really good at it. You just haven't you're not a coward, you just haven't been tested. <laughs> That's right. I, I yeah, I I suppose it's possible and really I think um it's best that I never try to find out and I can yeah. just live in this delusion forever. Um so but what are you are you having like great grilled dinners all the time? We uh more than I thought because I was convinced I'm like we're gonna buy this grill. Right. We, never we, use we, it again. We had it shipped to us, we had to assemble it ourselves, it was really windy. So like, you know, every we'd be like <laughs> assembling it and then there'd just this gust of wind would just blow everything everywhere. Um and so I but no, we've uh we've I was wrong. I hate to admit that, but I was wrong. And we've actually had pretty good use of the grill. And it hasn't exploded yet. So I think we put it together acceptably. Here's the thing with your husband. He likes hot things. He loves hot things. He loves hot things. He and I bond over liking hot tubs, uh, hot saunas. That's right. Uh, hot hot things that you don't necessarily... Hate them. He, you hate them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say you don't necessarily like me. Nope. You just upgraded it straight to hate them. Um, well, speaking of hot things that you can either uh, not like or hate, my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch, would you like to borrow it? You certainly can. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com and give us a mailing address where we can send you my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. You play it for as long as you want. You send it back. It doesn't cost you anything because I pay for postage. Both ways. It's the perfect program. It's the perfect program. There may be a copy of Untitled Goose Game in there. Um, and, you know, that's something that we're looking into. But uh, it turns out that cannot be fixed because it is, in fact, part of a perfect program. And what is perfect cannot be fixed. I also think that we've been doing the Sonic Forces Broadway program for so long that new listeners might come in and wonder, like, is this a real thing? And yes. I assure you, this is an actual real thing. That happens. This is yes. not a bit. It's not a bit. It is a real thing that all you sincerely all you have to do is email us, um, and then you go on the list, and then when your name comes up, and look, is there a long list? Yes. Well, when people get it, they take their time. They're luxuriating yes. in the program. Yes, that's right. But because it's a very good program, uh, r- there was once upon a time we got an email, someone asking, 
why are you doing this? Uh, and there is no, uh, there's no good answer. No. Uh, I have a copy of Sonic Forces and thought, uh, I'm not playing this anymore. I should share it with the world. And so we, we saw the are. trailer for Pay It Forward once and we're like, yep. You didn't see the movie Pay It Forward? I know what happens in Pay It Forward. <laughs> But I have not actually seen Pay It Forward. I mean, uh, here on the other side of uh, Kevin Spacey being outed as a monster, I think that's uh, that's all well and good. Uh, you need not actually see that movie. Um, but yeah, it's really, uh, it's not good. It's not a good movie. Well, here's something that is good. You can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate it so much. It helps people find the show. It helps grow the Nintendo Cartridge Society if you leave us a five-star review on the U.S. Apple Podcast Store, we see that and we will give you a shout-out on the show. If you leave us a review anywhere else or you share the show in some other way, let us know. Send us an email. Hit us up on Twitter. We would love to give you a shout-out. Um, we did get an email from... I'm sorry, Mark. I'm springing this on you. Uh, we got an email from Robin uh, who, who left us a five-star review on their podcast app of choice, which is Podcast Addict. Uh, uh, Robin says, very customizable, great for managing heaps of podcasts. Um, so maybe that's one that I should check out. Yeah, we should mention that, that Patrick uh, doesn't like Apple Podcasts. I do not like Apple Podcasts. But has not found something that better suits his taste. Um, uh, okay, Robin says doesn't really want a personal shout out, so or doesn't specifically want a personal shout out. Uh, but if we could shout out their website, which is uh, iconDesignStudio.com.au, um, they make random collections of uh, quirky things from licenses. So um, check that out, and it's uh, iconDesignStudio.com.au. I so icon is I K O N not I-C-O-N. Um, all right, great. Uh, thank you, Robin, for reviewing us on... I know you didn't ask for a specific yes. shout-out, but you're going to get one anyways. You got it anyway. Um, also, March, which is coming upon us so soon, is Kirby Month. We're getting a brand-new Kirby game, and uh, Mark and I are going to spend the whole month talking about Kirby. So if you have Kirby games that you would like us to play, if you have Kirby memories that you want us to incorporate into the show that month, please email us Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com gmail or hit us up on Twitter or wherever you can communicate with us. Communicate with us. Um, we know a little bit about Kirby. We've got a little bit of experience, but we need more. We need your precious knowledge and your precious experience. We are hungry for knowledge. That's right. We want to learn. We're desperate. We're like little baby birds with our mouths open. Just tweet, tweet, you, tweet, 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 tweet. waiting for you to regurgitate your Kirby knowledge into our mouths. You, it, and that, into our brain mouths. And that is like a reverse Kirby, right? Because yes. Kirby is normally sucking things out. You have to reverse Kirby, your Kirby experience into our baby bird mouths. That is a euphemism that I'm going to use for vomiting. <laughs> for reverse now, Kirby. I'm reverse, yep. It's very good. So, sorry, I spent the whole evening reverse kirby the whole evening. Yeah, it was a bad <laughs> night. Uh, all right, uh, Mark, we have a thankless task ahead of us, so let's just get into it. We are re-ranking the console Zelda games. All right, so Mark, we originally did this on May 16th, 2017. Coming up on five years of our original ranking of the Zeldas. Uh, and when we investigated it, 
earlier this evening, we discovered that this was our very first ranking. Wild. We were wee babes in the podcasting game at the time, uh, and we decided uh, we are experienced enough. We should rank all the console Zelda games. Now, mind you, we set ourselves a, you know, that there was the limit there. We were like, we're not going to do any of the handheld only games. So, you know, uh, uh, Link's Awakening and the... Um, Phantom Hourglass and you know a bunch of the the Oracle games not not in there, um, so we we did a a pretty good job ranking nine console Zelda games. Um, I would say that we, in addition to just doing console games, we sort of left it to just mainline games as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I don't know if that if we're going to keep. Uh, doing that or if we're going to like add some games in. yeah we haven't we've, talked about it we've we've, we've, we've got to figure out what we're doing here um a couple things that i would like to point out about this list um or sh- should we run through what the list was yeah okay um so uh almost five years ago we ranked the games in this order at number nine skyward sword number eight zelda 2 number seven the legend of zelda number six ocarina of time number five twilight princess number four wind waker number three majora's mask number two a link to the past and number one breath of the wild so it's a, it's a pretty good list i i think i agree with a lot of it ish uh, off the bat with some like obvious exceptions uh places where i'm like well hold on a minute do we know anything about this game skyward sword skyward sword um but uh back in November November 15th uh, 2018 we did an episode where we went through all of our definitive rankings and determined which of them were still definitive and this one not definitive no we did not uh hold it in high enough regard we had no. doubts yes we did have doubts just like that play doubt um and so we, we at the time didn't really say like the we this is not right for, you know, because that something was in the wrong order, right? We didn't identify what was wrong with the list. Uh, we did say that we did not solicit listener feedback um, to see what the, the listeners thought. We have still not really done that here. Um, but I think we can maybe come at this with a little bit more uh, knowledge and age and experience. Um, this also will be us ranking these games not within like 60 days of Breath of the Wild being released. Um, so... Was there recency bias at play in the original list? Who knows? Yeah, I guess we'll find out. A couple other things to consider here. Uh, Mark, in the last five years, have there been any new console Zelda games? Well, so one thing we need to consider is, do we count Link's Awakening, the Link's Awakening remake for Switch that was released in 2019? Do we now count that in a list of console Zelda games? Uh, a great question, right? Because it is, oh boy, it is the most like recent version of the game. It's uh, maybe not the most accessible version of it because you can play the, uh, uh, the Game Boy version on virtual consoles, um, but not on Switch. So, you know, maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. I, I sort of think that we do have to. I think we, I, I agree with that. I think we include it for now. We can always change our minds later. Yep. But um, yeah, I, I think it does make sense to include Link's Awakening. Now, there are the more like spinoff titles, right? You have yes. like well, one title we did not include in our original list was Four Swords Adventures for the Nintendo GameCube. Yes. 
and other Hyrule, uh, the Hyrule Warriors game. So when we did our original list, the original Hyrule Warriors. We also did not include uh, Link's crossbow training. Oh, right. The fifth best-selling Zelda game of all time. Well, and the, in North America, that's right. And this is important because uh, that was before we like memified that game amongst ourselves. Um, before we learned that it was the, the fifth best-selling uh, Zelda game in in North America, um, and so you know we just we we weren't talking about it at mm-hmm. the time. Um, uh, so the, the the question there is like, should that also be I- included in in this list, along with the uh, Hyrule Warriors games, one of which has come out in the last five years and is directly connected to Breath of the Wild? Right. I say no. I say no to any of the spinoffs, including Link's Crossbow Training, even though it is the fifth best-selling Legend of Zelda game in North America. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm tempted to agree with you, if only because. I have not played a second of Link's Crossbow Training or Four Swords Adventures. Have not played a second of them. I also think that the um, it's kind of like apples to oranges at that point. How do you mean? The spinoff games are nothing like mainline yeah. Zelda games. Yeah. And so I don't really know how we do a fair comparison. I can tell you right now, they'd all be at the bottom of the list for me. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and like the the Hyrule Warriors games, like the the Musou games, would be probably higher than the other two. Um, but I mean, yeah, then still like kind of a far cry from like whatever we end up putting at the bottom of this but list. But we'll never know for sure because yep, we're not right. we're not ranking them. All right, so I am removing the um, amiibo from the table that would have represented them. Um, we are back to our old roots. Uh, are using amiibo to represent the um various games in the legend of zelda series and i gotta say mark uh i I do a pretty good job of having amiibo from like every single game in the series yeah absolutely uh so we we've got 10 games to choose from here oh so we we did get an email from uh xander um who was concerned about us re-ranking the zelda games uh he says re-ranking the zelda console games is a real problem uh, and then he goes through the um, the games that we may have to add that that we've already already discussed. Um, and then he says, uh, and you guys said last year that Link to the Past is a perfect game. So for that reason, Link to the Past is number one for him. Uh, and then he goes on to give the rest of his ranking. I'm not going to read it as to not uh, unduly influence uh, our own ranking. Um, but I guess just uh, serving it back up to us that we have very recently referred to Link to the Past as a perfect game. And uh, I I will, I think that's a very fair point. I will also say that the Sonic Bar- Borrowing Program is a perfect program. So need I really say more? What do we... Are you, we are you, throw you, perfect around. Oh, I see. You're, we're, ca- we're casting dispersions on our use of the word perfect. Okay, I get it. I get it. Um, all right, this is, this is tough, Mark. Um... We now have 10 games before us. Uh, let's run them down in uh, chronological order just so we know that we know what we're talking about. Uh, starting at the beginning, there's The Legend of Zelda. Uh, Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. Uh, Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening. The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. The Legend of Zelda, Majora's Mask. The Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker. The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. And The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. 
Okay, Mark, where would you like to begin? At the top of the list, at the bottom of the list? What what are you what are you what what are you thinking? What are you feeling? Also, before we before we dig into that, one I just want to like lay it out here. I want this to be bare that like part of the reason that we're doing this is to put a little pressure on you to finish playing Skyward Sword. That's right, and I am really close to finishing. <laughs> I really am. I played to finishing, to finishing. I, I played. Right. Yeah, I played some over the weekend. Um, I am one dungeon away. I'm I'm in the end game. Okay, good. Um, I'm excited for you to have a full picture of that game, but I think already last time we had Skyward Sword at the bottom of our list. Yeah. So we had Skyward Sword at the bottom of the list. I actually went back to our original ranking to listen to our discussion of Skyward Sword because in it, we kind of do a lot of, um, like bad talking it without Mm. having actually played the game. That which perfect. Great. (laughs) Right. We make a lot of like, I love it. I mean, yeah. So um, one thing that I thought was very interesting, though, is in the episode you say, "Well, maybe in five years there will be like a, there will be a remake of Legend of Zelda: Skyward Sword that fixes a lot of the problems, and we'll have to reevaluate this and see if to rank it higher." And I've got to tell you, after uh, you know playing Skyward Sword right now, being close to finishing it, my perception of Skyward Sword is so different than what it was before playing the game because I felt like. Skyward Sword at the time, when we were recording this episode, had a really negative reputation in general. Yes. And so even with the HD remake coming out, I feel like there was some skepticism. I was definitely a little bit skeptical. I was like, I don't really know what I'm getting myself into with Skyward Sword. Am I going to like this? I have really, really enjoyed it. Is it, you know, like my favorite on this list? No. But is it way higher than the bottom? Absolutely. Um, Which is... Man, I can't believe I said that. Uh, well, in the ranking episode, which I because first of all, um, it's funny that we were trying to talk about uh, a game without really knowing anything about it. I believe at the time I had only played through, not even through the end of the first dungeon. That like I couldn't even get that far on the original uh, Wii release, um, and had was trying to play it like years a- after it came out, um, but. Uh, it's amazing that I had the foresight to say there'll be some kind of re-release and we can recontextualize it. Uh, and then you just couple that with when I predicted that Nintendo was going to release new Game & Watches. I just got, look. It's spooky. Sometimes I'm an oracle, okay? Well, maybe one way we can do this, uh, this would be unprecedented, so maybe this is a terrible idea. But maybe one one way we can do this is we start with Skyward Sword as our at our number one, and then... We will. We can Slot just like randomly, yeah. We can just like randomly sure. select other games and to compare it against each other to see where our final rankings come out. All right. So this is the only time that it'll be like this, I am sure. But now, tentatively, the Skyward Sword, represented by our Zelda Loftwing amiibo, uh, is going to be in our number one position. We will bring other games up against it to see whether we like them better or worse than Skyward Sword. I do fear that last time we maybe had some recency bias towards Breath of the Wild because we had just finished it. Could the same thing be happening with Skyward Sword? I guess history will really be able to judge. I think, do you want, uh, we've been talking about Skyward Sword, you know, for the past few months as we've been making our way through it, but should we just say a few words about Skyward Sword? Before we bury it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I think I think it is worth talking about it. And I think also uh, maybe worth talking about 
what we mean when we mention each of these games because most of these games have been re-released in one form or another, right? Um, and when we are talking about the, like what versions of these games do we have in mind when we are talking about them here? Are we sort of approaching them holistically or just like the most recent release or the release that is truest to the console Zelda game um, thing that we're, like, what do, what do we mean? Right. So for me, that's a good point because Twilight Princess, Wind Waker, just like Skyward Sword, those have HD remakes that made adjustments to the game. Yes. You know, uh, Wind Waker especially made some adjustments to smooth out some of the rougher spots. And just like the the improved lighting in the game make the graphics all look like a thousand times better, even though they were they looked great in the first place. Ocarina of Time has a 3D remake. As does Majora's Mask. Basically, yeah, the difference between the two, I would say, is that the Majora's Mask 3D remake made some pretty drastic changes yeah. to bosses and stuff like that, which to my memory, Ocarina of Time did much less of. Um, it's not so much of like a remix. And Ocarina of Time uh, 3D remake also includes the Master Quest as part of it. So there's a lot of added value in there. I don't know if we consider, do we consider that like part of Ocarina of Time? Yes, no, we don't know. We're kind of sh shaking yeah. our head. But so I, I guess for me, I, Mike's, I'm ranking my experiences with these games holistically. Okay. So it's not a specific version of the game. It is, what do I think of Ocarina of T Time in general? Right. I'm also realizing right now that we don't have uh, Zelda BS on this list. The uh, Satellaview, um, uh, like basically Super Famicom version of whatever. We don't have that on here. Um, that's a fun curiosity that we like to pick up from time to time and look at and say, look at this weird thing that came out of Japan. Uh, but we, it cannot be included in our list. No, a real shame that we don't have a game on this list, though, that we've never played, but we'll badmouth anyways, though. You want to talk about Wand of Gamelon? <laughs> <laughs> the Philips CDI games, we could always do that. Uh, okay, so uh, now back to your original request of saying a, <laughs> a few words about Skyward Sword. Um, I finished it maybe about a month ago at this point, um, maybe even a little more before Christmas. Um, and I really enjoyed it, especially like the, uh, um, the sort of final battle sequence. Um, uh, but just like throughout the way that... Uh, Link's relationship with the characters and with Skyloft sort of like grew and changed. Um, it's sort of the most dynamic he is as a character, I think, throughout any of these games. Really the only one where like he is a character instead of just like things happening around him. Um, but yeah, I like the game a lot. I found the combat to be really engaging um, and the exploration to be like fun. Like are, are the dungeons a little bit more like linear and a little bit more like looping back around and like prescribed sort of loops yeah kind of but like i don't know that kind of thing doesn't bother me yeah i didn't mind how linear the dungeons were in fact sometimes i found it to be like a virtue a little bit of a relief right? of the game i really really enjoy skyloft mm -hmm. i really like the world of skyward sword i really like the characters i like the art design i think it's really interesting to see the roots of breath of the wild in a game that is in a lot of respects very different from breath of the wild but yes in some respects not that different i like all the different like races that exist in this version of hyrule and how they are unique I, yeah, it, it, it seems like one of the uh, like sort of like shots of, of creativity right where um we do eventually get uh well, I guess we get Gorons kind of early, but like 
uh, our first exposure to like the uh, the Elden Volcano area is those like mole people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like same thing in like the Kokiri Forest, like we don't meet uh, little elf people or even like Deku's. We meet these. What are they called? Oh, I uh, they're like kiwis or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they're like kiwi ki or something like that. Um, these weird little guys that don't show up in any other uh, any other Zelda games. Yeah. I feel like the kind of downside to this game for me is I'm actually enjoying playing with motion controls, yes. but it is definitely like I'm just waggling my way through it. I'm not and really again, taking I don't fir- know how you're doing that. <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> It's really not. Like, there are a few bosses that require, like, specific motions. Yeah. But for the most part, I'm completely just waggling my way through this game. The other thing is that as much as I enjoy the world, flying around, like, uh, sky in the sky, the sky yeah. sometimes gets tedious because it's pretty far from one area to the other with, like, nothing really to do. Plus, I think that... The after a while, like when you get to the end game, the world begins to feel pretty small, and you're like really just looping back on these four different areas, yeah, all, all the time. One of them being the sky, and yeah. then like the three areas on the ground, yeah. Well, and um, I, I, I do like the way that uh, revisiting the areas, uh, like f- reveals like radical transformations to them, like. When the forest is flooded in Skyward Sword, I thought that was the coolest thing. That you're like swimming around parts of the forest that like you were completely inaccessible before. That was cool. I hated having to gather all of the notes. Sure, that's not fun. <laughs> but I agree. That was neat to see the transformation of the area. I don't know. It to me it just feels like a little repetitive, like um when oh, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the name, but there's in outside of the sacred like realm outside of the sacred grounds or whatever it's mm-hmm. called that temple and there's the big monster that silver monster that like yeah. comes out and you have to like break its toes for it to fall over you gotta you smash to do, its toes so many times you, you like that you have that same encounter like three or four times in the game and it you're just like why am i doing this again yeah like yeah yeah i mean there i i think there are actually a lot of times that uh skyward sword is making you do something again uh, and you know, it's kind of like making you ask the question, like, why, why, why this again, or why is this taking longer? Um, I, I think probably all Zelda games are guilty of this to some degree. Um, but there is like a real stretch towards the end of Skyward Sword that is like, I can't believe this is still happening. Like, I can't believe there's like one more thing I have to do, or like one more song I have to unlock or like, okay, now I'm only getting like a piece of the song. And are you talking about the part where you have to go to the three different dragons and to learn the three? Yes. So so I didn't mind that. Uh, I didn't mind it. I, or actually, I guess what I should say is that I thought the end. You didn't like collecting those notes. I thought the end result when the, Mm -hmm. when like the four dragons come together and you learn the song and you can finally open the, that final, like, uh, temple or that final dungeon on skyloft i thought that that was like cool like i love the music in this game i like the art design in this game a lot the character design i thought that moment was really neat but i 100 percent agree that like the different tasks you have to do in order to complete that song is are so tedious the final one is having to go into like the silent realm for the final time on skyloft yes and just those are not fun they're essentially the tear collecting 
game in Twilight Princess that everybody hated, but but, but worse because oh worse like so the the difference because they are very similar in that it like takes an area that you've been in already and it changes your skill set and like what you can actually do in there. And in Twilight Princess, it just makes you the wolf link the whole time, which is its own you know thing. But like there's still combat. The game is still basically the game. Uh, whereas in Skyward Sword, when you go into the Quiet Realm, is that what it's called? I think, I think it's the Silent, Silent Realm. realm. Um, where you literally can't do anything. All you can do is run around and like climb and uh, just try and get from like one safe area to the next while you're collecting these things and hopefully not get spotted. Um, like it takes all of the combat. It takes it even takes sort of like exploration out of it because it's a space you've already explored. You just have to like do it again because the special things are in different places. Yeah, it's those I found to they're be, a little baffling. I found them to be very tedious. I also, I, I think another thing maybe because of my first experience with this game is one with on the HD remake where they made some quality of life changes, and two, I've been playing this game spaced out for so long is that Fee, the like sword helper character, totally doesn't really bother me. No, in fact, kind of great. Um, and I loved the sort of resolution towards the end of the game where uh, the, and this may be a spoiler for Skyward Sword, so uh, forgive me or skip ahead. I'll keep it under 30 seconds. Um, the villain that you're fighting, uh, Girahim, ends up being um, like the fee for the demon king that you're fighting at the end. He becomes its sword. Um, so like there's a neat little like parallel of like the thing that's been annoying you, uh, if, if it is annoying you, uh, the parallel to it is like the enemy that's been chasing you the whole time. Yeah, that uh, yeah, that's cool. I, I think there's also, you run into some limitations with this game, and I know we have to talk about a ton of other Zelda games. Well, we'll see. We only have to talk about nine other Zelda <laughs> games. But the other thing that you really run up to the limitations of, like, the Wii hardware, even in the HD remake, yeah. I think the game looks really good in HD, but there are moments just, like, in the animations or that sort of thing where it is not as... It falls a little short in how beautiful it is. Like, yeah. um, when Fee... Fee sings a lot in the game, and when she does, the animation is scary. Like, it's frightening. Like, it is not... It doesn't really match the music, which is beautiful. The music in Skyward Sword is so good. Yeah. And the relationship... Just got it. The relationship between Zelda and Link in Skyward Sword is, I think, my favorite in all of these games. It feels mm -hmm. like they have a real friendship and connection. Uh, but, yeah. Like, th those areas in the presentation, sometimes, like, the animation, the... the um Like... I was going to say MIDI, but that's not right. The uh, the synth. The synth music, yeah. like, it kind of runs up, you know, it's hitting that upper barrier of what the Wii can do. Yeah. But I, it's not enough to make me dislike the game. Um, Yeah, that's, uh, I want to just loop back quickly to what you said about the Link-Zelda relationship being, like, the strongest it's ever been. I think this is also where um, the, like, just supporting cast is about as strong as it ever is. Totally. In a Zelda game. Like, there are uh, sort of... I, I get a lot of hints of the Twilight Princess cast in here, except um, I'm not repulsed by the characters. Like, I, I love how deep and weird the world of Twilight Princess is. Um, but, like, that little, like, baby character who, Mallow, who opens, like, their own shop and, like, all the rest of the kids from uh, Farron Wood are weird looking. And they act weird. Um, and, like, everyone in Skyward Sword has... And maybe they're maybe they're tropes or whatever, but like very simple character types that then um, like get developed in interesting ways. Like 
Groose being like the bully who ends up like finding a role in this greater like mythical quest that you're playing out, um, but finding his role that is different from yours and is not like the glory hound role um, that like he would so totally want to steal from you, but ends up finding like a, he finds fulfillment in a different way. Um, it's so like interesting and cool. And like, you just don't think about that in terms of other Zelda games. Yeah, absolutely. So really like Skyward Sword. It'll be yeah. interesting to see how these other games compare once we start talking about it. But I'm I'm glad we're revisiting this list, if only so I can sing the praises of Skyward Sword um, after having actually experienced it. Um, we've already brought up Twilight Princess, so maybe we should try to uh, put it relationally uh, in the line here, either ahead of or behind yeah, Skyward I, Sword. Yeah, I like that. Um, what... <laughs> What do you think? <laughs> is Twilight Princess a better game or a worse game than Skyward Sword? Here are some things I would say in Twilight Princess's favor, um, especially in its most recent release, the HD uh, re-release on the Wii U. Um, the uh, combat has been like nice and simplified. All that waggle controlling that you did on the um, Wii version of it, gone. Just buttons now. Um, and you can use the uh, the gamepad to just sort of like do tilt aiming uh, or a, a assistant in your aiming. Um, and the combat in Twilight Princess is rad. Um, and Midna is one of our uh, favorite uh, NPCs in, in Zelda. Uh, I like Wolf Link. But I don't know. I, I, th I think this may be a game that I end up in the final assessment put below Skyward Sword. Twilight Princess is a really strange game because it is, you know, in a lot of ways, um, a remake of Ocarina of Time. Yes. Like, it feels very much to me like a reaction to the reaction to Wind Waker. Yes. And so Nintendo kind of, I don't know, all, it feels like they listened to the reaction of the fans and was like, okay, we're going to, you know do that thing that you've been wanting us to do since the end of the Nintendo 64 era. Here's right. like a... You want dark? We can do dark. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's uh, true also in like the visual stylings of the game too, that it has this like sort of a uh, brown tint to it and you're taken to the Twilight Realm, which is like all these like blacks and browns and like the light is like, it's not bright light. It's like all yellowy. Feels very much, very much... Uh, uh, artifact of its time because right. you know that saturated color scheme was gaming you know space marines totally this was the peak of that and but so as much as twilight princess is i think you know like a reflection of ocarina of time and a reflection of that i think that nintendo takes that opportunity to do some deeply 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 weird and wild things and occasionally resulting in awesome stuff right like th this is the game that has like the gear item that you used to like skate around on these tracks and walls and stuff this is the game where there's a dungeon inside a haunted house on the top of a mountain that's inhabited by two yeti like it's so deeply weird and so cool and evocative that like I mean, I, 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 I don't mean it as a diss when I say I think I may like it less than Skyward Sword. Um, 
because it is still a a very cool and interesting game. Yeah, I mean the dungeons in Twilight Princess, I think, are Some better than Skyward yeah. Sword, hands down. Yeah, uh, those boss fights that you mentioned has really like interesting boss fights. The world felt very expansive, mm-hmm. you know, because going back and playing Ocarina of Time, you realize how small Hyrule is, and that's not. It, it's not like necessarily a bad thing in Ocarina of Time because there's not much to do in Hyrule Field, so it makes sense. Sure. You know, you don't need to spend a lot of time in it. But here, you know, like when they introduced being able to do combat on horseback, yeah, that seemed so amazing. Hyrule seems so big for, you know, the first time where it really was like, oh my gosh, this is the Hyrule of Ocarina of Time, but done on this enormous scale. Right. Um, all of that, I think, was really effective in the presentation I don't know that it makes it more fun to play. Like, I don't know that I like, or I, I know for sure that I don't really like horse combat all that much. Right. There are some filler missions in Twilight Princess that are some of my least favorite in the entire series. Like when you have to escort that wagon. Um, that wagon one is so, yeah, that, that, that is not, that is not fun. Just like not particularly fun. And like collecting the tears, I guess, is really just a, the analog for the the silent realm or whatever. So like those cancel each other out. Right. I feel like Twilight Princess, the world is really large, but there's not a ton of reward for exploring it. Um, but there are also elements that I really, really like. Like the towards the end of the game, you go to the hidden village, which is kind of like this Western ghost yeah, town so type cool. thing, which is just really fun. Um so feels like a Zelda two adventure of link yes. reference with, uh, with that, that hidden village as well. Totally. So yeah, I, I, Twilight princess is a real mixed bag for me. I'm for the moment going to say I like it less than skyward sword. Let's put it there. Okay. Um, we've already drawn, uh, well, and just, I, I just want to point out that there, uh, the interesting thing that you said of twilight princess being like a product of its time, both in that it is, uh, sort of the color palette of video gaming writ large um, at the time, and also it being a reaction to the reaction to Wind Waker. That almost Twilight Princess almost feels like Nintendo at its most reactive. Um, Wind Waker is obviously chasing something that they want to do, right? Um, and Skyward Sword feels similar in that matter. That like they had done something with Twilight Princess that sold a bunch of copies because it was like you know a launch game for the Wii, and then they were like. Let's stuff all of our crazy control scheme ideas that are possible with the Wii Motion Plus into Skyward Sword. Yeah. And just made a game around that. Um, they're really they're driven by their own wants and desires there, where Twilight Princess seems more reactionary to me. I, and also is like a like you say, a sort of uh almost remake or redo at the Ocarina of Time formula. Yeah. Uh we've talked about it. Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker. Let's position it either. uh, First, let's uh, pit it against Skyward Sword and see if we like it better or worse. Obvious parallels between the two. A huge, open, largely featureless world that you have to uh, navigate via boat or bird. Mark, right off the bat, which do you prefer, boat or bird? So I haven't played the HD remake of Wind Waker where Mm -hmm. they like sped up the boat, made that a lot easier. So based on my experience with Wind Waker, I'm I would say Skyward Sword. Uh, so I say the boat, uh, the w- Wind Waker. Um, even at its, I, I've played both versions of the game. Um, even when it's slowed down, there is uh, like a meditative, wonderful going on an adventure quality 
to sailing through the great sea that was Hyrule, uh, and that music kicks in that do 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 and just having this like beautiful like anime uh seascape ahead of you um it's so evocative and so wonderful uh and nothing about the sky in skyward sword ever feels like the world is at your fingertips you know what i mean totally another thing that i feel like these two games have in common is we talked about the expressiveness of link in skyward sword yes and that is definitely true in Wind Waker as well. Having that like Toon Link style makes uh, Link really interesting yeah. as a character because he can emote. Yeah, suddenly he's like Mickey Mouse or something, right? Well, and also like uh, you know, you, you said the this is the that Skyward Sword is the best Zelda Link relationship, and I agree with that. Uh, with the possible exception of the relationship between Link and Tetra. When, when Zelda is still being Tetra, when she's still like a pirate, uh, the leader of a pirate ship, um, she gets neutered pretty fast when she becomes, when she's revealed as, as Zelda, um, which is a little bit of a bummer. But I like, that's one of the things about Wind Waker. Wind Waker to me feels like 75% of a perfect game. Totally. Um, and 25% of the game is just straight missing. Um, there are only two dungeons in like the latter half of the game when there should clearly be like, three or four, maybe even five. Um, and uh, Zelda's like absence from the back half of the game also feels like stuff that is just straight missing. Um, but the 75% of the game that is there is so good. It's so good. It has one of the best uh, Ganon deaths yes. in the entire series. Epic. Not enough can be said about how amazing the art style is and the character design. Again, mm -hmm. Ganon's character design in wind waker is amazing it's just iconic yeah oh man and you remember how like when you're fighting in wind waker um and you land like successive blows against the enemy that like it is time to music cues that are like -na 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 -na. Yep. um and like the little puffs of like animated smoke that like come off of like it's not a it's not an effect that is meant to actually look like smoke it looks like someone is drawing smoke on there um, it's just so like, it's such a complete package. And again, I know it's like missing like a full quarter of itself. Right. Which is a real bummer. Cause it really does, you know, uh, in Skyward Sword, we talked about how, what much of a drag it was to learn the three parts of the song. So you could yeah. kind of move on to the last final part of the game. Wind Waker has this famously fit. Yeah. Like really just endless, um, uh oh man i am blanking on triforce yeah, shards that's right yeah. yeah um yeah th this whole quest where you have to find like maps or you have to pay tingle for maps to uh find pieces of the triforce and put it together it does include tingle though yes so, I mean, exactly <laughs> yeah which uh skyward sword no tingle right that's right um all right so where mark do you where where does your gut put wind waker in relation to these uh, two games. Can I just say one more thing about Wind Waker? Please. And that is yeah. that I know it is not a reflection on the game directly, but I am so happy that Toon Link exists and the world of Toon Link exists. Yes. Because uh, Phantom Hourglass, I really like a lot. And the, again, just like the continued characterizations in Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks to a lesser degree. I was going to say it's Spirit Tracks Erasure. <laughs> yeah, a game that I loathe. Uh, right. 
Uh, so I am very happy that Toon Link exists. I, for me, would put it directly between the two. Um, I think I like it less. Well, I think I like it more than Twilight Princess. I am not sure how I feel about Skyward Sword. So I think I'm. I want to put Wind Waker above Skyward Sword. Um, partially because the magic of the of the great sea and traversing it on the king of red dragons is so i like it, it 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 is a quality that i don't think zelda games uh are able to display again until breath of the wild where like it truly does feel like there is a world in front of you when you're flying around in in uh in the sky it is like so obviously a like world map select screen where you're deciding like where to go next. Um, and Wind Waker, whether it's illusion or what, it feels like you're already on the adventure. That's such a good point. And it's that is something that Skyward Sword does not do well. There's no feeling of this interconnected world. It is yeah. very much like you are going to this box and then you are going to leave this box to go to another box. Yes. And never the two will meet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I like that. Okay. Uh, so we're putting Wind Waker above Skyward Sword. Um, uh, uh, so you mentioned the the music in Skyward Sword being very strong. I think the music in Wind Waker, even better. Oh, you know, that that is one area where I wish that I had played the HD remake to... Um, Just hear those samples crisped up a little exactly, bit. Exactly, yeah. Um, all right. Now, Mark, where would you like to go? How about we jump back in time a little bit? Whoa. We've been doing a lot of 3D Zeldas. Sure. But let's pick up some of the 2D Zeldas. So before the Ocarina of Time changeover, I'll let... Do you want to start with Zelda 2? Oh, okay. Uh, uh, Zelda 2, a game that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, a game that I beat before I ever beat the original Legend of Zelda. Um, and also a game that I... Um, I played like when it was new, you know what I mean? Like I was a kid playing the adventure of Link very, very early. It's a game that I like a lot, um, but there's no way it's better than uh, Twilight Princess. Right. I totally agree. Uh, Link's. It's also such a weird one. It's a very weird game. I think we played it for, if I'm remembering right, we played it together for weird sequels month. Oh yeah. That makes sense. Um, because it is a very weird, weird sequel. It plays nothing like the original Legend of Zelda. It's like a, um, there's a big open world or like a big world map that you're walking around to go from town to town, dungeon to dungeon. When you uh, get out of the world map, suddenly it's like 2D or yeah, 2D side scrolling. Well, like you can either by like going into a, a, a temple, a village. Or a cave, you can go into these like side-scrolling uh, levels. Or when you're walking around the the world map, like enemies just appear, and if they touch you, then you get like transported into like a small combat encounter, which is a side-scrolling like 2D uh, combat-focused little vignette. Yeah, it does some really interesting things. It's the most like explicitly an RPG. Yep. Of any of the you level up Zelda games, you level up. You choose you which spells. of your abilities you're going to like put more energy into. Um, it's really like it's a pretty dark game in the sense that 
the fail state is Ganon's Ganon followers, returns, yeah, you know, right. like using your blood to restore Ganon to life. I, I think it's just kind of like mystifying in the here and now. I did not have any love for this game previously. Playing, I remember playing it with you was a really enjoyable experience because some of the things were really confounding to me. We, You had played this game so much that it wasn't like a barrier. It's like, oh, I know exactly what to do. Or I know how to cheese this specific part of the game. Yeah. Because I've done it a million times as a kid. Right. Well, and uh, in particular, there is a the Death Mountain sequence, which is maybe the third uh, temple in the game, or like after the, the second temple, um, is a legitimately terrifying maze that you are woefully underpowered to explore and like battle the enemies in there. And I learned the like only way through it <laughs> when I was a kid. Um, and if I were to be approaching that like cold as an adult, I would be like, absolutely not. I need to walk through. Um, and I think that was our final kind of like word on the game when we played yeah. it together is that, Hey, if you have a guide, this is pretty enjoyable. Yeah. But, but we also said that about Castlevania too. games that are pretty similar in legend of Zelda, uh, adventure of link. The, villagers give you like really cryptic hints yeah that again if you don't have a guide i don't know how you're ever supposed to figure out what they mean um in castlevania 2 they just lie to you <laughs> they just <laughs> tell you false information but they also do that cryptically as well um i do think it is possible to play the adventure of link with without a guide i don't think it is possible to play castlevania 2 without a guide at this point yeah um but okay so regardless we're putting the adventure of link uh, below Twilight Princess. Yes. Um, well, we're on the NES. Let's stay on the NES and bring in the original Legend of Zelda. Heavy, heavy hitter. A heavy hitter. And also a, a game that um, every time I go back to it, and I feel like I have occasion to go back to Legend of Zelda frequently. Um, every time I go back to it, I feel like I am playing it differently. Uh, I'm approaching things in different order. I'm prioritizing different things. Uh, there are sometimes when I like I make a beeline for the upgraded sword. Um, I can never find the like the third dungeon, um, and so I'm like one, two, four, five, six, and I'm like, where is three? Um, and it's it's a good game with a lot of depth. Um, and uh, most recently, I've been playing it on the. Uh, Legend of Zelda 35th Anniversary um, Game & Watch uh, in the Japanese version, so I can't read what anyone is saying to me, but I'm getting some cool, weird sound effects that I had not heard before. The original Legend of Zelda does not bring me much joy to play. Oh, no! I, I don't... I appreciate its place in history. Yes. I totally understand and appreciate why people enjoy playing it, I don't like playing the original Legend of Zelda. I do not find it fun. Uh, all right. Where, then, would you put it on our current list? I would put better it... Better than Adventure of Link? Definitely or? better okay. than Adventure of Link. For as obtuse as the original Legend of Zelda, I think, can be, um, it is definitely not as bad as Adventure of Link. Well, there's no point in the original Legend of Zelda where you have to understand what a npc is saying to you there are times in adventure of link where you have to understand what they're saying to you yeah so yeah that's where i would put it uh, okay so the legend of zelda is going on the list above the adventure of link 
but below Twilight Princess? For me, absolutely. But I am interested, you know, you have had occasion to play, you're playing Legend of Zelda more recently because you have the 35th anniversary Game & Watch. Yeah. How would you compare it to Twilight Princess? I like Twilight Princess better. Um, There's... Uh, for as much um, as I like the original Legend of Zelda, you do have to do a lot of the work on your own, uh, both in terms of figuring out what to do next, but also in terms of like telling yourself the story. Um, you know, Twilight Princess is just is a is a more complete package. Um, and I'll you know not not to uh, not to say that a eight bit game is never going to be able to compete with a you know fully three D whatever. Um, but I just think Twilight Princess does more and does it better. The combat's more interesting. The music's better. Kind of just everything across the board. Um, all right. Uh, let's go to... I'm kind of hankering to talk about Majora's Mask. Let's do it. The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask on so, the Nintendo 64. So I think that I, in the past, have valued Majora's Mask a lot because of how different it is from the other Zelda games. Yes. But I think maybe I overvalued the that like strangeness. Mm-hmm. Um to the point that I I don't think that I would put it as high as I did last time. Last time it came in uh number three on our list, which as I was reading it out, I sorta couldn't believe that we had it so high. Uh Majora's Mask is a game that I never completed um i didn't have a copy of it on the nintendo 64 uh, and i have played a bunch of it on the 3ds the 3ds remake which mark as you mentioned earlier uh in the show uh changes a bunch of things sometimes for the better sometimes for the worse sometimes just to make things different um and i found like the fundamental loop of this game um frustrating uh in that uh i would do good things I would fix problems and then have to turn back time those problems would still persist on my successive playthroughs which I understand is like thematically what the game is about right it's about how like you do the the best you can and it doesn't matter these people are still doomed in a lot of ways um that feels like a bummer to me (laughs) right Uh, I kind of want to be a hero is one of my um, complaints about playing Spider-Man on on PS4 is that like as I progress through the game and like clear out bad guy camps um, because the story is progressing there are more bad guys in Manhattan than there were before so the stage is getting worse and worse the longer I'm fighting and I feel like Majora's Mask is the same kind of thing where you're just on this treadmill of misery yeah and I feel like I don't know maybe just like the uh, <laughs> kind of where the state of the world at the moment <laughs> that that is a it's yes. a it's a kind of depressing um, mechanic to have to continue to play through. I also think that the my feelings on Majora's Mask now are that it is kind of like the Zelda equivalent of Super Mario Brothers two in Japan, mm-hmm. where it is taking this beloved game that you know, blew the world away like Ocarina of Time and is saying, okay, like this game is for people who mastered Ocarina of Time and now we're just going to like go crazy with those mechanics. And I feel like it is, if that, if Majora's Mask is your entry point to Zelda, that is a difficult entry point because it, I think it is a, it's not obtuse, but it is a purposefully 
um, like frustrating game with like yeah. frustrating mechanics. Yeah. Well, and and if that is truly your entry point into Zelda, you're not going to find an experience like that anywhere else in the series, right? Um, now, I, I don't want to be too negative about it, though, because there are things um, about Majora's Mask that I do think uh, speak to both of our like current just like uh, preferences in gaming, right? Like the uh, sort of emphasis on like the relationships between the characters of doing things for other people, um, of living in a like breathing world that changes and then changes back because you've got to go back in time. Um, but like there are so many elements in Majora's Mask that feel like they're precursors to like Animal Crossing. Totally. Right? Um, that like you're just you're fulfilling requests. You are living in that world. There has also never been a game like Majora's Mask. Yes, Majora's Mask is wholly unique. There's never been a Zelda game like it. Like you know, it is it is its own thing. And whether you love it or hate it, there are so many. There are still elements of it that have been gifted to the Zelda series from Majora's Mask, like Tingle. Like Tingle. Yeah, uh, Majora's Mask is the first appearance of Tingle. Um, and man, I can't hate the game. No, not when it has has Tingle in it. Um, It's also, uh, every now and then, there needs to be like, uh, you know, I I mentioned it in Skyward Sword, that there's just like this injection of like new energy or like new mythology. And Majora's Mask absolutely does that. It takes this, like the Skull Kid was an interesting sort of concept that's touched on in Ocarina of Time. And that's sort of blown out in Majora's Mask, um, this poor character beset by what is essentially the one ring forged by, uh, you know, Sauron um, in the Fires of Mountain Doom, but in mask form. Um, but then just also like the weird little characters that you meet um, along the way. It has a lot there in common with Link's Awakening, which we'll talk about uh, in a little bit, of just being aggressively weird. Yeah. Um, and that allows future Zelda games to draw on that same weirdness and find those specifics to like put into other worlds. Also the rare Zelda game, no Ganon, no Ganon. But I do like the, even though the story is about the apocalypse and the end of the world, (laughs) I, it, it's a much smaller scale Zelda game. Yeah. It feels maybe most like Link's Awakening that way where like the stakes are uh they feel more personal yeah how if you were going to play majora's mask right now if we were to say we're going to do it for it for the show how would you play it so i I, uh, you uh, bearing in mind you could wait and play it on the switch when it it comes there yeah i know that uh not everybody agrees but for me i still think the 3ds version is probably the best way to experience majora's mask even with like the changes to the bosses, the changes to like the swim Zora swimming, like all that kind of stuff. I, I and, and and the the Deku jumping that like yeah. skipping across the water that is also kind of messed That's up. That's right. But um for me I I still enjoyed the 3DS version of Majora's Mask and that's the one I would recommend to most people. Um I wish they would do like a definitive version of it that uh takes all of the improvements uh, and undoes some of the deprovements, um, and just looks nice on on Switch. Like I, m- I know that there are all kinds of uh, games that we would like to see either remade or just ported over um, to Switch. But man, a Majora's Mask um, re remake would be pretty cool. 
So what do you think, Patrick? Where are we slotting it in our definitive ranking? I want to put it below Twilight Princess and above The Legend of Zelda. I, I, that seems right to me. I, I feel good about that. All right. Uh, Mark, we've talked about it a couple times. Let's bring Link's Awakening into the equation here. Link's Awakening, first time it's appearing on this list in any form, <clears throat> was a game originally released for the Game Boy, re-released for the Game Boy Color as Link's Awakening DX, and then again re-released just as Link's Awakening on the Switch in 2019 with all new graphics, but otherwise sort of unchanged yeah i feel like the other big improvement is because the switch controller has so many more buttons yes you didn't have to continually go into the menu to switch items out like you do all the time if you're playing on the game boy or game boy color and a designated sword and shield button like <laughs> that's uh, unthinkable uh it's it's amazing that i mean obviously you couldn't do it on game boy it just had two buttons like what are you gonna do um uh and th there's also the um oh, what were they called like uh pocket dungeons or um the the sort of like build your own dungeon mini game that uh was part of link's awakening um is also included in there so link's awakening for me this is another one where i'm basing most of my i've played uh i think all three versions but basing most of my impressions on the switch version of link's awakening um which i i sort of feel now is like the defend like that's the game. Yeah, if you're going to play it, it I there's the games are so similar, like it yeah. is the same grid, it is all that stuff. It really is just like graphics and some slight changes here and there that and quality of life too. Like there, there's one of the one of the things that is uh that makes the original Link's Awakening super obnoxious is every time you pick up a uh acorn or a piece of uh what is it? acorn of courage or like a piece of power um, there is a little text box that appears explaining the thing to you. That still happens in the remake, but it all fits in one text box in the remake, and you can just like quickly uh, press A to get through it. And in the original Game Boy, you got to really advance that text, see a second uh, thing. Like it, it's a matter of does it take you half a second or three seconds. Um, and it's amazing how much that improves the game. Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I, I think Link's Awakening, the, the virtues of Link, Link's Awakening are the same virtues as Majora's Mask for me. It's like, it's the world, it's the characters, it's the quirky dialogue, the relationship mm -hmm. between everybody, like the inventiveness of that, the way that they, you know, uh, kind of sneak in other Nintendo characters. Kirby's an enemy, there are Goombas. You have these side-scrolling parts that are very different from Adventure of Link, but, um, you know, still kind of pay homage to it. So, well, hold, hold on. There, there, uh, there's some other other uh, elements uh, worth, worth shouting out here um, before we get into the, the negatives, because the, the negatives are also, like, a pretty ferocious thing to deal with. Um, the uh, graphics and music in the Link's Awakening remake on Switch are superb the game looks amazing and the music arrangements my god are so good and clear and have this like quirky feeling of a small ensemble of instruments uh working together to play these like classic zelda songs uh in a way and with a texture that you've never heard before yeah the the presentation of the link of link's awakening on switch is unimpeachable yeah um I think it has terrible, especially as the game goes on. Yes. The dungeons are just 
tedious and endless and not fun at all. And the dungeons also feel like they are were like designed by another team, right? That they uh, don't really have a clear relationship to where they take place in the story, where they are on the world map. They're all just like, here's this dungeon, it's here. Um, which, you know, I mean, I, I guess you could also say of like the original Legend of Zelda or whatever. Um, but like, it's such a far cry from like, uh, you know, when you are going into the dungeons in any in any of the rest of these games, right? That, that all feel like they are part of those worlds. Um, so... It's it's a tough like it's a tough criticism to level against Link's Awakening because the rest of the game is so good. Yeah, I feel like the personality of the game lets it get away with a lot. Yeah. But actually, actually playing it, I think is especially towards the end a bit of a slog, and that really brings it down on this list for me. Um, Link's Awakening is, uh, I believe, the only one of these games that I've ever one hundred percented. Um, so it's my favorite. I put it right at the top. <laughs> it is really interesting that Link's Awakening, because it's a Game Boy game, the world is fairly small yeah. and contained. But it does feel like there is rewarding rewards for experimentation. Yeah. Like you go into a shop and you can steal an item, but then when you come back, you're labeled a thief and he's going to shock you with an electric... Like, and then everyone thing. calls you thief for the rest of the game. Yeah. It's yeah. like, but you can do that. Like yeah. th- they allowed you to do it. And I, I feel like... That is something that we didn't see in Zelda games for a long time into the future. Um, uh, Mark, where 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 would you put this game in, in our lineup? I think I'd put it below Majora's Mask and below above Legend of Zelda. So this is uh, this is where I think we do have different opinion, as I think I put it above Majora's Mask. But again, I've never really been able to get over the sort of existential hurdle of the premise of Majora's Mask. Well, and maybe that's enough to put it above Majora's Mask because um, even though like Link's Awakening is dealing with some grim stuff, yeah, the whole world is a dream. Yep. By completing the game, you are destroying the world that you've come to save and you know, like um, come to love, right? And a world which has been beset by nightmares, which will also disappear when you wake the windfish. But uh-huh. yes, so uh, so even though it is still dealing with kind of like you know that heavier idea, the game itself is so joyful in a way that Majora's Mask is not. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm I'm I don't hate putting it above Majora's Mask and below Twilight Princess. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think the core mechanics mm-hmm. of Link's Awakening are not as good or satisfying as Twilight Princess. Yeah, I th- I think that's right. And there's also just like more of Twilight Princess to to enjoy. The reason that I have 100% Link's Awakening is that you can do that in about 10 hours, right? Um Twilight Princess, uh you know, you you still have four dungeons to go at that point. Um okay. So, just to review uh, our list at the moment, from the bottom it goes uh Zelda 2 uh, the Legend of Zelda, Majora's Mask, Link's Awakening, Twilight Princess, Skyward Sword, and Wind Waker uh, topping off the list. But of course, we have three possible game of all best game of all time contenders: uh, Link to the Past, Ocarina of Time, and Breath of the Wild. Still to slot in here, um, Mark. How you feeling? 
Let's uh, let's go to Breath of the Wild. Our number one from mm-hmm. our original ranking. Having a little bit more time to sit with the game since you know it was released in 2017. I'm curious, Patrick, what your feelings are on it now. I feel like my feelings of Breath of the Wild have only improved with the game's age. Um, the we got two sets of uh, DLC that came out after we ranked it as the best Zelda game, um, which don't do a ton to like change the game really. Um, but the Champions Ballad is uh, an effective and affecting like bit of DLC. Um, the uh, Oh, the the thing where you go into um, the Lost Woods and put the sword back in and then have like that challenge is super cool. The game only... Trial of... Trial of, of the, the sword, maybe? Maybe it's Trial of the... Mark, I think you did it! <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think the fact that people are still discovering stuff about the game um, and... Like that coupled with my original memories of uh, exploring Hyrule... And there being like no other gaming experience like that, we've had five years of open world games after Breath of the Wild that have uh, done their own version of you know exploring a big open world like that, and I just don't think there's a better world than Breath of the Wild's Hyrule. Yeah, I. So I talked about how Legend of Zelda, like play, actually playing Legend of Zelda, doesn't bring me a lot of joy, but. Playing Breath of the Wild brings me so much joy because there are so many elements of this game that I think are, it's not a perfect game, but it is maybe my most fond gaming memory or definitely up there because there was something like that was so magical about when the game came out, everybody was playing it. The possibility seemed endless talking to people They'd be like, well, did you try this? Did you know that you could do this? Did you know that this existed? They'd be like, what? No. They're like, that's amazing. Everybody kind of experiencing the game on their own time in their own way. Um, I it It's something that as much as I'm looking forward to the sequel to Breath of the Wild, I'm also dreading it. I know, me too. Because <laughs> I just don't know how anything can live up to the experience of experiencing Breath of the Wild for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's just, there's something so... The game is so confident in what it is, right? It gives you the uh, like four puzzle solving tools that you're going to use the rest of the game within the first like hour and a half, um, and then you are just like let loose on the world. The fact that it has like the weapon degradation uh, and weapons that break being a thing that like people say they don't like, uh, and I guess like everyone's entitled to their opinion, but for for my money, it's like a fundamental part of how the game works. Um, the, the the fact that like you have to change your clothes to uh, look weird different ways so that you can survive in different environments and there's no like I know uh, transmogging is a thing that's important in a lot of like other games so you can continue to look the way you always want to look but have the stats of whatever and the fact that Breath of the Wild is like no if you're going to be warm in this environment you have to wear what the Rito people are wearing um, just feels so self-assured. Um, that the game is what it is and the world is like unimpeachable. Yeah, and the kind of just celebration of Zelda history that yep. occurs in Breath of the Wild with the winks and nods to other games, other locations. I remember the first time I stumbled on a labyrinth. Yeah. 
in it, the one I did was in like the upper uh, right hand corner of the map. Yeah, that, that was like island. The first, yes, yeah. that was the first one I encountered, and it just felt like transgressive. And yes. then you, and then as you're beginning to do the individual um, beasts. Uh, the individual, what are they called? Great. Yeah, the divine beasts. The divine beasts, yeah. And you're getting the other tools. And so, oh, the next time I stumbled on one of these labyrinths, I had a Rivali's Gale, and I could just jump to the top and, like, scurry around up yeah. there. Like, the way that the tools that they give to you are, like, d- just change the way that you play and approach the game and that you can find your own play styles. Yeah. I don't know. I, I do think one of the... For me, one of the things with Breath of the Wild is that once I had opened up every part of Hyrule, the game was still fun, but I lost some of what I loved so much about Breath of the Wild, which really was that sense of discovery, where it was like, oh, like I see that thing way, way over there. Yeah. How am I going to get to it? Am I strong enough? Do I have the right equipment? Um, yeah, I, I just, I really, really love Breath of the Wild. And just like I said, I'm so looking forward to the sequel but I just don't think there's any way that it can live up to that experience. Uh, so I think we are both in agreement that Breath of the Wild goes at number one, at least for the time being. We have yet to compete it against uh, two other possible uh, best game of all time candidates, Link to the Past and Ocarina of Time. Mark, let's do Ocarina because I feel like uh, Link to the Past has the best chance of uh, dethroning Breath of the Wild. Legend of Zelda, the Ocarina of Time. So, when we did our last ranking, I had not played the 3DS remake of Whoa. Ocarina of Time. Whoa! Because I'm pretty sure we did the ranking the Ocarina of Time dungeons after that, and that's what I played yes. the 3DS yeah, that's remake right. for. And so, um, I think my esteem for Ocarina of Time has grown a little bit, and... In that, I think I would rank it over Twilight Princess, but below Skyward Sword. Okay. All right. What, uh, I mean, is there anything that we have to say about Ocarina of Time just sort of like abstractly? Uh, it, it It's weird because in talking about like all of the 3D Zeldas, we sort of have to keep referring back to Ocarina of Time. It's so like foundational in that way. Um that like it just sort of is the template. Um, one of the things that I always worry about with Ocarina of Time is like, does it actually age as well as the people who played it when it came out think it does? It's a little bit the like Mario sixty four syndrome, uh, which is aged perfectly. Just don't try to control the camera. <laughs> the game will play better if you don't wrestle with the camera. Um, but I did play it when it came out originally. I love it. Uh, Love riding around Hyrule Field on that horse. I love the story. I love the the two worlds element of it where you're growing up and the world becomes crap and then you save it. Um, it's just so wonderful. I think I agree with you. I think it's better than Twilight Princess. Uh, yeah, now that we're saying that. I almost feel like maybe it's not. Maybe it is uh, one step below Twilight Princess. Because I think you might be right that if you are coming to Ocarina of Time, even the 3DS remake for the first time... Okay, I I think maybe the best way that I can explain my feelings on Ocarina of Time are by talking about the uh, horror film Halloween. Okay. So I saw Halloween for the first time in my 20s. And 
when I I think the original Halloween is a really, really, really great movie. Yes. And it holds up extremely well. But when you're watching it, I had seen so many other movies that ripped off or, you know, like uh, elaborated on what the original Halloween did. Yes. Nothing in Halloween surprised me. Right. Like mm-hmm. it was uh, like you're like, wow, this is like really um, you, you can tell that this is made by a really good filmmaker. There are very few horror movies like slasher films that are made like this. Yeah. And so I totally see why it was ripped off or why elements of this were taken for other movies. And I th- think I feel that way about Ocarina of Time now, where what was so great about Ocarina of Time has been done very well and sometimes better in other games. You still, you respect Ocarina of Time. It is still an amazing game that holds up extremely well for a Nintendo 64 game. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, but... I think, you know, like Twilight Princess, Skyward Sword, Wind Waker, Breath of the Wild, they have all taken elements of Ocarina of Time and improved it. And so it's tough. It's I mean, there I I think we I really, really want to figure out whether we think Twilight Princess or Ocarina of Time are are better games. Because like we, there are They're so similar too. They're like so structurally, similar. they're yes. very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I don't know. Are there moments in Twilight Princess that uh, hit the same like emotional weight as uh, pulling the Master Sword out and being catapulted seven years into the future? Right. There isn't a thing like that. Is there uh, a set piece like the Forest Temple? Right. Uh, is there a moment like uh, rescuing Epona from uh, the evil Ingo's ranch who's taken, you know, like there are just so many like little things in my, that stick in my mind and in my heart so much that I just want to make sure we're not underselling Ocarina of Time. I think also something to consider is we talked when we were about Twilight Princess, how because they were using so much of the template of Ocarina of Time, they were able to do really different and surprising things. And I think that's, I and I definitely think that that's true, but I think there's something to be said for the fundamentals of Ocarina of Time that they, that are done so well, but still has room for like, like you were saying, like those different kind of surprises, right? It wasn't a surprise because the character design was crazy or this NPC right. was acting insane. It was surprising because we had never experienced a game like it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I, I we we have to give it its its trailblazer dues. Um, the ocarina itself being like a a piece of that equation. Um, that is then like you know been replicated in a lot of different games uh, in one form or another. Uh, Wolf Link's Howl, uh, the actual Wind Waker itself, um, just being such like a foundational thing of Zelda going forward. Well, I wonder <sighs> if since we're doing this, um, I wonder if we are overvaluing Skyward Sword because we played it so recently, possibly, and that Ocarina of Time really should be above Skyward Sword and below Wind Waker. Because, like, you know, we talked about the world of Ocarina of Time being kind of, like, small and empty, but it's not like Skyward Sword's world is huge and expansive with, like, tons to explore. Right. 
Well, and like this was sort of where I was driving that like not only should Ocarina of Time be above Twilight Princess, I think it should be above Skyward Sword as I, well. I think you're right. I uh, do think you're right. Which is not to say that we're holding Skyward Sword in like lower esteem or whatever, but like uh, that's just that's just well, that's just what it is. Um, okay, so Skyward Sword. Uh, okay, um, is going uh, well. I just want to real quick, yes. um, before we finalize this, I agree it's above Skyward Sword. What about Wind Waker? Like, what do we like about Wind Waker that is more enjoyable that would put it above Ocarina of Time? The sea. Um, f- for me, that's enough. Um, but I think also the uh, characters in Wind Waker, the uh, sense of style, which is so... It's clear to me that what Ocarina of Time is trying to do is present you with a cartoon adventure, and Wind Waker achieves it, um, especially in the HD remakes. Uh, I just think it's a more uh, fun and like fully realized version of a world that Link can adventure in. So that leaves us with a game that we have on multiple occasions called the per- A Perfect Game, Yes, and that is A Link to the Past. Legend of Zelda Link to the Past on the Super NES, never been remade, um, you know, occasionally re-released in like virtual console or uh, uh, as part of Super NES Switch Online. Another game that is really like foundational, really sets the template for what, you know, Zelda will be looking back on forever where, okay, you go gather these stones and then, you know, the first time I played it, I was like, oh, okay, like that was short but enjoyable and you're like oh no there's well, no, a whole nother version yes. of this world that you have yet to explore there's so much more to this experience high well, rule and it it, it 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 introducing the idea of here's this world you will have to explore it twice uh there is a light world and a dark world that's a concept that gets revisited again and again and again throughout the series and link to the past started it there are so many little vignettes in link to the past between Link and the NPCs that he encounters that I think are really fun and like the like you know the boy in the woods and touching yeah. and like beautiful and just really in ways that where Link to the Past is kind of hitting above its weight totally well and uh, also like uh, introducing this idea of uh, the weirdos that inhabit Hyrule, right? Like uh, we we give a lot of credit to Link's Awakening and Majora's Mask for they're ranked pretty low on the list, but we give them a lot of credit for uh, like insisting on the weirdness of the people. Um, but they were doing that in Link to the Past, Link to the Past too. Like uh, I think about those lumberjack brothers uh, or the uh, dwarves who are um, the blacksmiths or that guy in the village that just keeps running away from you. Um, the game is so weird and the people that inhabit that world are so rich and strange um, that like, it, it, you're right. They, it boxes above it, uh, above its weight in that regard. Totally. It, it also has such a cool and moody opening. Yes. So atmospheric where you're waking in the middle of the night, it's raining so outside, cool. you know, you go deep into the, dungeon the basement of hyrule castle it feels like such a it's like the uh little beginning of a james bond film you know where we're just (laughs) gonna take you on this like little adventure like it's 
it's such a great opening for that game. Really sells you on the scope, especially for like a Super Nintendo title. It's just so uh, Link to the Past is just so much fun. Um, there's also, I mean, you you mentioned the the opening of the game, but the end of the game is also an all time like as you are rolling the uh, the like or like seeing the actual like end uh, thing like cinematic it's not it's cinematic whatever uh, play out um, there's this uh, piece of music that uh, is just I don't know it, it's it's sublime can I play a little bit of it yeah now? please um, here we go I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit so for, forgive me here. I don't know, man. It, like, to me, doesn't get much better than this sort of, like, Super NES sound chip regal march. I mean, the theme from Link to the Past in our um, yep. ranking of the greatest Nintendo music of all time with friend of the show and somebody I'm not scared of at all. Greg not Smith, at all scared of Greg Smith. <laughs> uh, we determined that the like overworld theme from a link to the past is the greatest piece of Nintendo music of all time. I mean, all of the elements of this game are pretty much perfect for like what it is. Yeah. You can knock it for being a 2d game. You can knock it for, you know, like having being 30 years old. Right. Yeah. But I don't know. A link to the past is pretty. um, It truly holds up. And I actually think that A Link to the Past is only, its esteem has only grown with age with the rise of indie games. Because so many, you know, like for so many years before indie yeah. games kind of exploded onto the scene and became such a force, A Link to the Past was in that period, like before it became, where it was just old, yeah. right? Like, of yeah. course it was a classic, but there weren't games like Link to the Past. Now there are so many games by indie developers who reflect who loved Link to the Past growing up and so they make their own version of Link to the Past. So I feel like it's more accessible now than ever because pixel graphics and mm-hmm. that kind of 2D adventure is so uh pervasive in a positive way where it's like it it just feels like a part of gaming instead of feeling like the legacy of gaming. It's also it's one of those uh classic games that isn't diminished by the games that take after it. Like um, Super Metroid, one of my favorite games uh, of all time, but it can be hard to hold that game up to other Metroidvanias that have come out since that have been inspired by it, just because there are parts of Super Metroid that do like kind of sag under its own weight. Um, but like, I don't think that's true of Link to the Past. I think you can hold it against other games that are built in its likeness and. Link to the Past is the stronger game. I think also where, you know, like Ocarina of Time, you can look at it and say like, ooh, like the limitations of the Nintendo 64, yeah, right? Like oh, the graphics, the kind of stilted animations, like the, the smallness of the world, all of that, kind of a knock against it. With Link to the Past, I feel like it the that 2D style is such a blessing to that game. Yeah. Because... It, it's timeless in a way that Ocarina of Time, even with the 3D remake, is just not. Yeah. 
it looks and sounds the way it is supposed to look and sound. Um, a perfect game. <laughs> it is a perfect game, <laughs> but is it the top of our list? Let's go one by one and see if we think Link to the Past is better than each of the games on this list. Is Link to the Past better than Zelda 2? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Is it better than The Legend of Zelda? Yes. Yes. Is it better than Majora's Mask? Yes. Link's Awakening? Yes. yes. Twilight Princess? Yes. yes. Skyward Sword? Yes. yes. Ocarina of Time? I think it is. I think it is, yeah. Better than Wind Waker? I think so. I think so. Is Link to the Past better than Breath of the Wild? This is really hard because they are such different experiences that with completely different goals. Yes. And coming from... I, I under like the 30 years that separate them, uh, you know, you could apply that to any other like medium and be like, oh, yeah, so they came from different eras of whatever. These are like from different planets, right? Like different solar systems. I think A Link to the Past is the number one. One thing that I love about this list and looking at all of these games is um, how different Zelda games can be. Yeah. And yet they still do feel like. They all kind of belong together. Yeah. I and think I agree is, with you. It, and maybe it's this music. It maybe might it's be like music. it's a triumphant anthem. It feels like a link to the past uh, ascending to its rightful place on the throne. But I think today, I'm going to say a link to the past is the best Zelda game. Um, all right. So the list is as follows. Well, I guess we basically just did this. But the bottom of the list coming in at number 10 is Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. Uh, coming in at number 9 is The Original Legend of Zelda. Number 8 is The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Number 7 is Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Number 6 is Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Number 5 is Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Number 4 is Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Number three is Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. Number two is Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And number one, our definitive pick for the best Zelda game of all time, is The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past. Mark, this is the new definitive ranking. Let's close this out. And that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, remember, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter. Um, and if you want to argue with us about the list, that's fine. It's definitive. Um, you can hit us up on Twitter. Um, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. There's also a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening.
I'm Brian Husky. I'm bald. And I'm Charlie Sanders, and I'm also bald. And we host Bald Talk on the Campfire Media Network. Bald Talk is the podcast where two bald comedians talk to anyone bald about being bald. But this show isn't just for baldies, Brian. Harrow's will love it, too. Bald Talk gets into vulnerability, vanity, insecurity, and self-acceptance, reminding us that we all have our respective bald spots. Not that bald spots are a bad thing. No way. I mean, my entire head is one big bald spot. It is one huge, beautiful bald spot, Charlie. Get Bald Talk on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, I I have like a little bit of hair, but not like you. Like you're really bald. I'm truly bald. Great. I mean, it's I'm great. balder than it. you. You are balder than me. Only on Bald Talk. Campfire. <laughs>